Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin, and this week I invite you to embark with me on an important Advent journey. Over the coming four weeks, I will be focusing on the Bible stories that can prepare our hearts for the peace, hope, and joy that Christmas is meant to bring. It's my prayer that this will be a meaningful journey for you as together we move toward the celebration of the most sacred and beloved event in the life of Christians everywhere the birth of Jesus Christ. So open your heart and your mind. We're about to begin an amazing journey to Bethlehem. We begin with a reading from the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he became the power to become the children of God, who were born not of blood or the will of the flesh, or the will of man, but of God. Here ends the reading. In the days before COVID turned the world upside down, we all got a lot of joy waiting for new seasons to begin. The new season of our favorite TV series, the new season of our favorite sport, or the new season of the year. We would count on each new season to bring new surprises, joys, and sometimes disappointments. We wonder if this will be the year that the Green Bay Packers will win the Super Bowl. We can't wait to see if Casey will be rescued from the collapsed burning building on Chicago Fire TV series where we left him at the end of last season. With winter coming, we look forward to maybe having a white Christmas this year. The Advent season, which begins this week, is all about looking forward to the beginning of new things. The word Advent in the general sense, means coming into being. In the specific Christian church sense, we look forward to the birth of Jesus and the coming into being of a new reality, or a new season, if you will, that his birth ushers in. Advent is a season of hope and new possibilities. Advent is a time of looking forward, not backward, this is, there's a story about A.J. Foyt, arguably the greatest race car driver of all time, who in a fit of anger at the 24 hours of Le Mans road race, tore the rearview mirrors off of his car. He's reported to have said, I don't care what's happening behind me. Even though this attitude conflicts with the saying, those who don't remember history are doomed to repeat it, looking forward is usually 
the more productive and more pleasant way of living. The first chapter of the Gospel of John, from which I just read, talks about looking forward to a new light coming into a dark world. Now John was quoting from the prophet Isaiah, for whom the people who walked in darkness were the people of Israel, living with exile and political oppression. The light to which Isaiah refers was a new king or messiah, whom God would send to rescue them and restore them to peace and prosperity in Israel. Darkness is the symbol of despair, light the symbol of hope. In the first chapter of Genesis, God's first act was to create light. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Now, unfortunately, darkness crept back into the goodness of creation. So God had to send a new light into the world to illuminate our world once again. Light is the central image of Advent. In churches and homes around the world, for the next few weeks, Christians will be successively lighting one, two, three, and then four candles in a wreath or log each Sunday to mark the weeks until the celebration of Jesus' birth. On Christmas Eve, the fifth candle, candle or the Christ candle, will be lit to signify that birth. Many church sanctuaries will be illuminated in candlelight services, with each participant holding their own candle, their own little piece of the light coming into the world, while they sing Silent Night. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. Different traditions assign varying meanings to the weekly candles. In the church I grew up in, the first week's candle was called the prophecy candle. In that week's worship, we would read a scripture, usually from Isaiah, that recounted how the prophets said that God was faithful and would send a Savior or Messiah to rescue them from their troubled lives. The second week, we would light the Bethlehem candle and hear the story of Mary and Joseph journeying to Bethlehem to enroll in the census. Week three, we lit the shepherd's candle and envisioned the shepherds in their fields watching their flocks by night and waiting and finally, on the final week of Advent, the angel candle reminded us of the angel who appeared with the heavenly host announcing, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Another common tradition, though, designates the candles as hope, love, joy, and peace. Now you can see the correlation between the two traditions. The prophets brought hope. The couple traveling to Bethlehem represent parental love for their unborn child and God's love in providing the child for us. The shepherds were filled with joy at the announcement that they heard and were sharing a message of joy with the world. And finally, the angels brought a message of peace to all of God's people. But this year, I'm assigning my own meanings to the four candles, which are specific to the darkness in which we happen to dwell. I'm designating my first candle as he the healing and health candle. This year has been dominated by an insidious illness that's robbed us of our health, our freedom of movement and our social relationships, and for many people, their lives. We have every reason to look forward to a year 
when a vaccine and treatments for the COVID virus become widespread and bring this health crisis under control. Now that would be bringing light into the darkness. We need to remember, though, that Advent is a time of waiting that demands patience. The people of Israel had waited centuries for the coming of the Messiah. In the meantime, they did not lose trust that God would fulfill his promise. They continued to live their lives according to God's commandments. They loved God, and they loved one another. Now, every child knows how hard it is to wait and be patient with the promise of Christmas around the corner. Stores and TV commercials are filled with tantalizing visions of the toys and games that may be inside those beautifully wrapped boxes under the tree. I remember how agonizing it was to wait when I was a kid. In retrospect, however, I remember that the waiting and the anticipation was the best part. Now, Christmas Eve was the fulfillment of a season of hoping and wishing. Our parents also reminded us to be good while we were waiting. We were to be thankful in advance. In the next few months will demand patience of us all. I don't know about you, but I would like to tear off the gift wrappings of one of those new vaccines so I can get back to a normal life right now. But I'll try to be patient. I'll try to be good. I'll wear my mask and social distance. Maybe next year I'll look back on this Advent and see it as a time when hope and anticipation lived among us, not just fear. The second candle I will light in honor of the love of renewed civility and reconciliation. The other darkness of the past year has had to do with the way we treat our neighbor, each other. To put it bluntly, we haven't been very nice to one another in a lot of ways. We've acted with hate and violence to people of other races. We've let political uh, uh, issues turn brother against brother and friend against friend. We've regarded immigrants and aliens with suspicion and contempt. Now that the acrimonious election season has drawn to a close, we look forward to a new season of forgiveness, reconciliation, and civility. One simple prescription from God is all that we need to guide us to a happy new year. Love your God with all your heart, and all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Let this be a season where blaming is replaced by understanding. We are only one commandment away from a new reality. My third candle may be the most non-traditional. I'm calling it the awareness candle. This could be a season when we allow ourselves to seriously examine the long-term challenges that the human species faces on Earth. The challenge that comes most to mind is that of climate change and environmental degradation. I've already mentioned that God's first act of creation was calling light into being. Listen to the end of that creation story. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, 
Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he made, and indeed, it was very good. You see, at the end of creation, God looked upon it and said, This is very good. And as he handed it over to human beings, we have a responsibility. We've often interpreted God's giving us dominion over creation as license to do whatever we want with it. But the real implication of this verse is that God gifted us with the earth and all the living things for us to nurture and sustain so that it remains very good in perpetuity. That's where the awareness candle comes in. The light coming into the world is the light of knowledge and discernment. By the application of our God-given intellect and scientific disciplines, we can maintain the natural world. We can seek ways to balance human progress and prosperity with environmental sustainability, which fulfills our call to stewardship. I'm going to maintain a traditional name for my final candle. I call it the peace candle. When I light that candle, I want to let the words of the angels sing out loudly. Peace on earth to goodwill to all God's people who God favors. Don't misinterpret the people who God favors phrase. It doesn't mean that God only grants peace to a select group whom he favors. It means God favors all people and grants them peace. It's an important distinction. The peace the angel is talking about certainly applies to world peace and the extinguishing of wars among nations. I've heard it said that history has not been marked by a series of wars, but that it has consisted of one continual war since the beginning of humankind. That war is manifest today, among other places, in Ethiopia, Syria, Afghanistan, Admittedly, it's a big ask to think that all the wars will cease in the coming year, but it's well within the reason to hope that peace processes will be initiated to reduce the levels of violence which we are currently experiencing. When the angels talked about peace, however, I believe they were also talking about the peace that dwells in all of our hearts. This is the peace that the Apostle Paul prays for in Philippians. He prayed, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When I light my fourth candle, I will be praying for this peace that passes all understanding. 
Now there's a fifth candle that stands in the middle of my Advent wreath, the Christ candle. This candle will be lit on Christmas Eve to signify the light that's coming into the world that we have been talking about for the past four weeks. The darkness has been pushed back. Jesus Christ has been born. Our help and our hope has arrived. The Christ candle ties all the others together. It's the fulfillment of all the others. In my Advent wreath, Jesus is the healer and the giver of hope to the sick. He is the reconciler who teaches us to put aside our differences and love our neighbors. Jesus is the great teacher who calls us to awareness and awakening for the sake of our planet. And finally, he is the Prince of Peace. He calls for peace for the world, and he infuses peace in our hearts and our souls. During this Advent season, I'm going to rip off my rearview mirrors. I will keep my eyes on the future, and candle by candle, I will watch the light come into the world, and darkness will not overcome it. Amen. Thank you for joining me this week. I hope that a little ray of light has entered your life. Please join me next week as we continue to anticipate the full flood of light in the birth of Jesus. For now, may God bless you and keep you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.